pharmacological extinction, which, <laughs> which is like when you feel like you don't need to drink at all, like you can you can like be around all the booze in the world, like, and you just have zero interest. Like it's just so, but it's, it's, it's basically like you go back to like the brain you had when you were a child, like with, with relation to alcohol. God, I wish I could like literally go back to the brain I had when <laughs> I was a child as in like time travel with future Jason's knowledge. I mean, it would be a pain in the ass because I'd suddenly be in like six year old Jason with my current brain, which I imagine would have all the addictions and stuff. And I'd be like <laughs> a child trying to buy a pack of cigarettes. It'd be other weird problems with that too. <laughs> but, um, but I feel like I'd have a leg up on all my elementary school classmates. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That or just come off as an absolutely insane person, which maybe I already did, but even more so. <laughs> well, you'd be like, like even even if you didn't mean to, you'd be like referencing shit that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> uh, like the most fucking cynical kid in the classroom again. I just be like, even like almost like, like innocent stuff. It'd be like. Oh just man! Like, like, oh yeah! Oh, can't you just look it up? What do you mean, look it up? <laughs> or like, you know. like, oh, that that's like that's like uh that's like the iPhone seven. <laughs> like what? <laughs> what what crazy babble are you speaking? Man, these graphics suck. <laughs> Every new console. Um, that does sort of get us. Uh, Closer to the the subject of the movie, I guess the uh, time traveling ch- yeah. kid adult versions, etc. etc. We are we are here to do a uh, I guess it's sort of a a heat death of the universe tradition now. The coffee. You do it tradition. twice. It it becomes a tradition, right? I think reviewing so. every every new Kaufman movie that <laughs> releases direct to Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very specific. <laughs> I suppose if he'd released one direct to theaters, that we'd also be into that. But that hasn't happened since his Netflix deals, right? No, that's right. Yeah, maybe maybe he's like the opposite of Christopher Nolan. Is like only only direct to home releases because I want people to watch movies by themselves alone. <laughs> I think also that he, uh, I think he was still probably finishing up that book. Maybe, maybe no. I think it was done by the time that movie came out. But, um, but yeah. Uh, well, speaking of tradition, I'll I'll kick us off here if if you're ready to get into it. Yeah, I'm ready. This this will be a first though for any any sort of movie review pot uh, episode. I have no notes. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, I just figured we'd talk about it for a while. We don't even have to go on super long if you don't want to. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll just see how it goes. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a yeah. We'll just get into it. Uh, I mean, technically, I did have notes, but they are like so sparse and they're just like on a flat like the, they're not the handwritten scrawled crazy notes <laughs> not the 20 pages you had for thinking of ending things <laughs> no <laughs> um, 
with your crime scene board that you'd set up in the apartment. <laughs> oh, yarn connecting different plot points. I nearly accidentally strangled myself on all that yarn. It was. <laughs> That's why you're not allowed to buy yarn anymore. Yeah, I'm banned. I was actually talking to Hup yesterday and mentioning like that we were going to do this and like, you know, referencing the um, thinking of anything's episode. And I was like, because that was so early in doing the podcast, my like my memory of doing that very long episode was like I felt like I was wrestling with the episode itself. Yeah, <laughs> it was like a wrestling match. <laughs> it was. I think it ended in a draw. Maybe uh, there was just too much shit to talk about in that one. But uh, there was. Still, I like that. I like that episode. I was still this- bushy-eyed and young. <laughs> Had so much hope. Didn't wake up every day thanking God. Well, actually, I did wake up. Every I was day gonna say, God, man, <laughs> you were not radically different <laughs> in 2020. <laughs> Back then, people thought of me as you know the most cheerful guy <laughs> on the earth. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We'd say things like, "God, it's like it's like he's Ned Flanders brought to life." <laughs> He walked out in the gray light and stood and he saw for a brief moment the absolute truth of the world. The cold relentless circling of the intestate earth. Darkness implacable. The blind dogs of the sun in their running. The crushing black vacuum of the universe. And somewhere 200 animals trembling like ground foxes in their cover. Borrowed time and borrowed world and borrowed eyes with which to sorrow it. For the earth was empty of form, and void, and darkness was all over the face of the deep, and we said, look at that fucker dance. Aha! Welcome to He Death of the Universe, a podcast that bends back upon itself recursive-like, meta-narratively, all the while perpetually amazed at the normal strangeness of it all, just saying, God damn! Well, will you look at that? (laughs) It is (laughs) 12.03pm... February 11th, Korean Lunar New Year 2024, on this year, Sunday afternoon. And in the proverbial (laughs) studio today, Mr. Jason Newland. Hey! Jason, you, you... 
You sparked this idea. You actually alerted me to the fact that Charlie Kaufman wrote a children's movie at all, which i kind of surprised I didn't know. I was surprised, too, that you didn't know. Um, yeah, I just, I just thought I wanted to uh, spark the tradition of us talking about Charlie Kaufman movies because, well, that's how you make traditions. And like, I'm sure he'll make another one at some point. And like you said, I guess tech sort of off mic, very specified Charlie Kaufman movies on Netflix, straight to Netflix. Uh, also both based on books, both adaptations. Yeah. This, uh, this movie. I've not read this book. I've also not read the other book. I still want to read the other book. <laughs> I'm thinking yeah. of ending things. But today, we're going to talk about this new children's film, Orion and the Dark. Um, so, I mean, right off the bat, I was I was chuckling for sure because our protagonist, or Orion, young boy, I don't know, he's what, supposed to be like 11 or 12? 11, yeah. yeah. Um, his inner monologue is just, it's practically the inner monologue of Nick Cage portraying Charlie Kaufman in the very first scene of, uh, adaptation. Do I have an original thought in my head? My bald head? Maybe if I were happier, my hair wouldn't be falling out. Life is short. I need to make the most of it. Today's the first day of the rest of my life. I'm a walking cliché. I really need to go to the doctor, have my leg checked. There's something wrong. A bump. The dentist called again. I'm way overdue. If I stopped putting things off, I would be happier. All I do is sit on my fat ass. If my ass wasn't fat, I would be happier. I wouldn't have to wear these shirts with the tails out all the time. Like that's fooling anyone. Fat ass. I should start jogging again. Five miles a day. Really do it this time. Maybe rock climbing. I need to turn my life around. What do I need to do? I need to fall in love. I need to have a girlfriend. I need to read more, improve myself. What if I learned Russian or something? Or took up an instrument? I could speak Chinese. I'd be the screenwriter who speaks Chinese and plays the oboe. That would be cool. I should get my hair cut short. Stop trying to fool myself and everyone else and think I have a full head of hair. How pathetic is that? Just be real, confident. Isn't that what women are attracted to? Men don't have to be attractive. But that's not true, especially these days. Almost as much pressure on men as there is on women these days. Why should I be made to feel I have to apologize for my existence? Maybe it's my brain chemistry. Maybe that's what's wrong with me. Bad chemistry. All my problems and anxiety can be reduced to a chemical imbalance or some kind of misfiring synapses. I need to get help for that. But I'll still be ugly, though. Nothing's going to change that. <laughs> Where he's and along the ways, it reminded me of some of my inner monologue at that age. <laughs> Which is what those movies are supposed to do, right? You're supposed to relate to them. I'm sure there's a specific type of person who also had, you know, issues talking to people. But the... Feeling liked. But the level of, like, neurotic neuroticism is, like, heightened, I think, for a child. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was... I just assumed it's because I didn't grow up in a Jewish family. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> um, but oh, yeah, he's like, he's he's like, you know, he's like ner nervous to, you know, 
it 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 works with these like movie cliches like he's like walking towards someone but you don't see who it is at first and he's like you know i want to i want to say something to you i want to talk to you i want to get to know you but i'm terrified of rejection and then it's and then you realize it's just like you know like some girl in his school and um but he starts like listing off like rapid fire like all of his fears and some of them are like Oh, I wish I could remember yeah, they, them all. They start off like really, you know, like she'll reject me. She will make fun of me. Uh, the school flood. The um, ground will open up and swallow us whole, etc. <laughs> He's worried about shitting so heavily that he'll that he'll clog the toilet and destroy the entire school building. <laughs> uh, the other, I think it was like fear of. Uh, cell phone radiation and yeah. <laughs> and he's like got this contraption that he's using to keep the phone like further away from his head um at least that's at some point in the movie maybe not in the very beginning but uh uh murderous gutter clowns obviously a reference to uh it <laughs> that was another one of the fears lots of clowns brought up in the in the fears I guess a lot of people have that fear though. It's like it, never it's to the point that me. it's it's to the point that it's cliche to where I almost don't take people seriously when they're like I'm afraid of clowns. Cuz that that became yeah, me too. that became like almost like edgy's not the right word but just like early 2000s humor like shitty shitty think, humor. <laughs> I, I want to say you can thank Christopher Nolan for that and the his portrayal of the Joker, but I don't know if that's actually it. Was it more of like ICP? No, this. this, I think this. Think Kiss. (laughs) Maybe maybe Kiss. I mean, there is something unnerving about clowns. I I I don't have like a. I never had like an ongoing pathological fear of clowns, but I remember going to the circus as a real little kid and a clown like rushing up to me and like. I don't know, like trying to give me a balloon or whatever the fuck they do, and just being like dis- <laughs> uncomfortable at the very least. Um, yeah, yeah, they can be creepy. I agree. Yeah, remember that. Well, I never remember that whole phenomenon. By them, remember that whole phenomenon of just like pe- uh, people dressed as clowns, like appearing in odd places ar- around like various cities. That was a just- little bit. That was probably like I don't know five years ago, maybe maybe longer. I, I can't remember. It was like an inter- internet thing. But anyway, um, <clears throat> so but this all builds up to his greatest fear, which isn't even death per se, which he also does talk about. There's like a quick thing where it shows him like reading a bunch of philosophy books on like nihilism or something. And he's like, I've concluded that just nothing happens when you die. And then it's like, but I'm just scared of actual dark, like visual darkness, you know? Mm. And I think like maybe obviously, Kaufman is, you know, the the part that's for the adults watching this with their kids is, you know, the dark is very obvious uh, stand in for death uh, as we as we go along in the movie and learn about darkness and light and all the other 
little things that the, they entail. One thing I liked, and I assumed you noticed this, the David Foster Wallace. Thing. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. When he goes to like find a bedtime story and he's like thrifting through his books and he grabs the biggest book on his shelf. And his mom's like, oh, we don't have time to read you David Foster Wallace yeah. tonight. And I ju- it, I, it only just dawned. Which made me laugh. <laughs> it only just dawned on me now that the reasoning was he didn't want them to leave him alone. So he picked- Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, was too, I was too interested in like staring at which David Foster Wallace book it was supposed to be. And what I, what I thought it was at first, I thought it was a picture of a crown on it because they didn't try to actually replicate a real book. So it's it was a jester hat, right? Later on, I I thought about it more, and because in my in my head, I was like, "Oh, that's cool that they didn't go for the obvious infinite jest." But no. but because I I just wa- I saw I guess what I wanted to see, which was a crown, which is not that I don't know. But I think you're probably right that it was a jester hat, and it's supposed to be infinite jest, which well, is, I guess it could have been a. Crown. I mean, infinite jest is twice as long as the Pale King, anyway. So, yeah, <laughs> I just wanted I just wanted to believe that Charlie Kaufman was like, I'm gonna go for like the the lesser known, weirder, <laughs> unfinished. <laughs> it could have uh, been a combined. Anthology, sort of. Possibly. Tome. (laughs) I'm going to have to go back and and do a frame-by-frame on this, because what if it did morph from a crown to a jester hat, (laughs) and we're both right? Mm. Um, Anyway. Maybe it was ambiguous enough to where you could interpret it either way. Yeah, it's either one of those two. Um. (laughs) A jester hat's supposed to look a bit like a crown, right? It. you could mix like you could the mix ideal, them up like when you see them from like uh oh yeah it, like they're cuz they're like mocking the king or whatever yeah yeah but it being infinite jest makes more sense because literally jester the word is in there so um and in any case i think we've analyzed this <laughs> Some people in this Charlie point zero zero one second moment of the film <laughs> do consider that like the longest possible read, which I always thought was an overblown thing because it's not that hard of a read. Um, it is not, but there is there is that whole myth around it just being like a near impossible task to read through it, which I'm, I'm sure you've heard from people. Oh, for sure, to the point where I know, like I've. At, I found like a commonality in p- where people like people give up all usually around the same exact spot for some reason. It's it's like the three hundred page mark. People throw it aside, and I'm like, it's just getting going. <laughs> Come on! I've never dug that dug that deep in it. What I figured happened was some. I think as the book goes on, it's been a while since I've read. Infinite Jest, the uh, the footnotes get longer and longer. I always assumed people just give up after. There's like one section where he suddenly goes in like a seventy five page long like footnote thing. But it's I always it's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite oh, parts too. of the book. <laughs> if it's the one I'm thinking of, it's where they he starts talking about the math of infinity or some bullshit. Um, I I thought one of the it's been a while. Uh, this is definitely turning into the Infinite Jest podcast, but I, I no, it's okay. <laughs> but I, I, I thought 
one of the long end notes was a phone conversation between Hal and Oren, and that's where Hal reveals that when he walks, spoilers for Infinite Jest, if anyone gives a shit, <laughs> Hal walked into the scene of his father's very grisly suicide, and his first thought was, something smells delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I assume we... S- um, okay. I mean, we're not totally off off topic because Kaufman is almost certainly a fan of Wallace, I would imagine, and having read his his own long book, uh I think I think that's a safe bet. But um back to the uh the the, the children's animated film. <laughs> um Holy shit, I just realized Orion is very very close to Orin. <laughs> coincidence oh yeah it is (laughs) Um, Um, but uh after we go through his like montage of fears school bullies school flooding uh nothingness big thing on nothingness and you realize that orion is just a a mess of anxiety who's a bit too afraid to stand up for himself and just wants to go unnoticed and uninvolved in life um a feeling that Maybe you can relate to. That's when his parents leave him and leave the door open and the lights go off and dark arrives. The villain of the movie. <laughs> you know, when I like read like a brief synopsis of this movie, I actually, and when you told me that it it's, it's uh, no pun intended, <laughs> It get it gets fairly dark for a kids movie, which which it does. But like, I was sort of expecting even. I was thinking it was going to be more explicitly about death, but like, uh-huh. I, I guess you can't really <laughs> do that with a kids movie. So it's like very, very um, thinly veiled, like code or you know metaphor or whatever. Maybe that's that's what I think at least. That's how I was reading it. But uh, yeah, so so darkness personified sh- shows up. Sort of. I'm only just making making this connection now. Sort of uh, a la the genie in Aladdin a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I can see that. I didn't think about that. Maybe just because he doesn't have feet. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, the the movie definitely has. I wouldn't say Aladdin vibes, but it definitely reminds me of like good Pixar movies, even if it's not a Pixar movie. Yeah, this is before, what DreamWorks. I think. Yeah, before Pixar kind of dropped the ball. I, I don't know if Pixar dropped the ball, but I just remember there was one point in my life where I looked forward to every Pixar movie, and now not as much. I don't know why. Maybe I got sick of their formula. Uh, you're not in. You're not a minion, Stan. <laughs> that's not Pixar. That's DreamWorks. I'll oh, see. I don't know that there. <laughs> I'm I'm very out of the loop of this. This uh, I mean, Pixar was like Wally and Toy Story and uh, Inside Out. This movie actually reminds me a lot of Inside Out, but maybe more. Yeah, I get that. It's more anxiety driven. Just all. I mean, I would say also just more clever, but that's because I like Charlie Kaufman is my spirit animal deity. He's so <laughs> hilarious. Um, 
So, yes, darkness arrives, and it's, like, terrifying to our protagonist, Orion, and uh, darkness is, like, not really menacing him. He's just kind of being, like, he's actually complaining about Orion and all of his whining and bitching and moaning about being scared of darkness, the dark. I mean, I would be afraid if I was, if I had complained and bitched and developed so much fear that the entity of dark itself showed up in my room to tell me to knock it off. I'm not saying he wasn't (laughs) justified in being afraid. Just, it's funny that uh, in the, in that. But I'd also feel accomplishment, which is something I've never (laughs) felt. Finally, I've done something so powerful that like one of the primary entities of the universe has shown up to give me a lecture. But the lecture quickly turns into I guess we could say in sort of Kaufman-esque fashion that, like, you know, everybody deep down <laughs> is, um, I don't know, neurotic and alienated and has their troubles. Even even this fundamental uh, force of the universe, Dark, Dark, Dark is the character's name. And, I love uh, the... Uh... The movie, the short, the short <laughs> film that Dark I'm, makes about himself, how short it is. I laughed out loud at that one, man. And that was—I uh, mean, you want to explain it? <laughs> yeah, basically, when he's introduced himself to Orion, he's like, and Orion's like, you know, still afraid of. He's like, no, I've got to move. I've got like a documentary I made about myself. That um, he also, sorry, just before that, he unfurls this really long like scroll, and it's like every human that's afraid of the dark, and it's like yeah. troubling to him because he he literally says like, I like people, but they all don't <laughs> like me. <laughs> I even made a move. I even made a documentary about it, and then yeah, sorry, go, keep going. <laughs> And it's basically the movies um, billions of years ago, the uh, first light proton came into existence and also darkness came into existence. The end. Yeah. And I think like the beginning credits is like directed by um, um, who's that it's, famous documentary it's, it's, maker? It's, it's, words- it's Werner Herzog. Then it's, yeah, it's, that's that's the name I was looking for. It's actually him doing this very brief yeah. narration. <laughs> it's perfect, <laughs> and that yeah, it's like the end, directed by Werner Herzog. Like they, they, he's you know, Werner, Werner Herzog, the <laughs> film director, exists with, and so does David Foster Wallace exists within yeah. the 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 reality of this movie. Um, so. What I remember happening basically after that is that Dark is like, hop on my back. I'm going to show you like what I do, my job. Because <laughs> his job is essentially to sort of Santa Claus style, but every day, <laughs> traverse the globe. And, you know, when it's time for one half of the globe to be dark, he's got to make that happen. Um, yeah. Which is, you know, cute and clever, and uh, I liked it. Um, oh yeah, me too. And then, then comes the the real, I don't know, kind of uh, wacky, fun characters. I love the fact that all the characters are just named. Well, I'll just I'll list them here. So we've got a character named Sleep, who's responsible for making people sleep. Insomnia. Uh- <laughs> Quiet, 
Unexplained noises. I like that one a lot. And dreams, yeah. And sweet dreams. <laughs> I um I have been visited by unexplained noises and insomnia way more often than sleep. <laughs> I don't know You're what I did to make sleep mad. Sleep seemed pretty chill in the movie. <laughs> I know. Well are so are, aren't we introduced to them? Through by the fact that they're playing poker together, yeah, that's that because the they take like scene? a break every um time zone or something, as they call the movie said, right? And sleeps like head crashes to the table and like reveals the the poker hand that I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to misgender sleep, but. <laughs> I thought that it was she. But yeah, I mean, I if, we, if these, uh, if these we, entities don't so much have genders, I imagine. Well, do, but we can go by uh, the the voice actors, who by by the way, they got some they got some pretty good voice actors in here. I'll say um, the guy the guy who plays Sleep. Uh, unfortunately, in, right away, I was like, "What the fuck is that, Seth?" The uh, why is my blanking on this person's name? Uh, super famous guy likes to smoke weed. <laughs> Judd Apatow movies. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. That's <laughs> not ringing a bell for you either. Rogan, Rogan? like jo- uh, yeah, Seth Rogan, co- yeah, yeah. cousin of Joe, I'll say, um, which is probably not true. Um, Could be. It sounds like him in the very beginning when we meet the character, and I was like, oh no, because like I don't know, I don't know, like I don't like hate that guy or anything, but sometimes he's kind of annoying to me, and he's done a lot of like voiceover work. I was like. But I also saw, looked in advance and saw that Paul Walter Hauser, an actor I do really like, uh, who was in uh, uh, <laughs> Clint Eastwood movie about the Olympic bombing. The good, uh, the bad, the ugly. Yeah, that one. <laughs> um, anyway. Dirty Harry. He's he's an actor that's like quickly like shot up to like being Richard Jewell is the name of it. But uh, didn't oh, I've I th- heard of that movie? Oh really? I thought we talked about it. I guess I'm I'm mixing things up. That's okay. He was in I Tanya as well. I liked that movie. Uh, did you see that? <laughs> I did. I don't remember much about it though. Black Klansman. He's in that. He's gonna be in the final Tarantino movie. I just noticed. Anyway, point is, he's like the critic. To me, he's more of a yeah. The the I think it's called gonna be called like the movie cri- the film critic. Maybe oh, okay. I was thinking it was called the critic, but the film critic. I think you're right the, after saying that. That was the last I saw at least about it. But um, anyway, my point just being, he, to me, he's like a more like re- respected, like serious actor and. Anyway, he does the voice of like one of these main characters, Angela Bassett. She's great. Colin Hanks. I tend to like him in whatever. Ike Barinholtz plays Light. <laughs> and I was going to say I re- recognized his voice. Ike like, Barinholtz like... is a really funny guy. He, uh, and I think I think my my uh, appreciation for him possibly grew more when he went on Chapo as a guest once and he was very funny on it. 
Um, oh, okay. He used to be on Mad TV. I think that's what I mostly knew him from before. But he does, like, you know, he does movies and stuff. But anyway, um, good voice acting all, all around, I would say. But where were we? The poker table. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm going to, again, an aside for the audience. We were like, hey, maybe we can talk about a Charlie Kaufman movie without making it three and a half hours long like we did with I'm Thinking of Ending Things almost four, you know, three and a half years ago or whatever that was now. It's really that long? It feels like it was only six months ago. I mean, it would have been like end of 2020? 2020 or 2021. I don't know. Not the end. Time is... I've given up on understanding time. (laughs) I feel like I just live in a bubble in my stupid basement apartment where time doesn't exist <laughs> anymore well hey faster if time stops uh, aging stops right or is it some kind of paradoxical hell where you still keep aging <laughs> but, i never feel like i'm aging as much as i should be but time keeps on slipping slipping um that's what they say so Yes, uh, they introduce these, what, five sort of secondary characters. They all work, they sort of work in tandem with Dark, right? Obviously, Mm. sleep, insomnia, quiet, unexplained noises, and sweet dreams. And they sort of of show how they use their powers and how they're sort of like personified or like, you know. uh, Yeah, and Dark wants to like show them doing their work. Right. It just happens to show Orion each instance where their job looks absolutely terrifying. Like sleep putting people to sleep by smothering them with a pillow. Yeah. <laughs> but or, ac- actually, when, when quiet sucks up all the noise, I really liked that. That was like, so- oh. that was like soothing to me. And like, uh, yeah, I was like, damn, sort of I wish way. I could have that little creature inside my house. <laughs> just my own little quiet mouse. You could, that, like, Aim it at the fucking construction workers across the street. <laughs> It'd be great. I could aim it at the unexplained noise in my house. <laughs> oh no, if quiet ate unexplained noises in this movie, what a tragedy. Unexplained noises is very cute in this movie. That's true. <laughs> and Sweet Dreams, I believe, is voiced by Angela Bassett, which is kind of perfect. She's got a very like soothing voice and... uh so anyway, um, they don't like the fact that Dark has brought a human into their their realm, and it's beca- also because they know that this kid is like really neurotic. <laughs> um, and no one really likes when you bring a kid into work, <laughs> even on bring your daughter to work day. Is that what that's called? Yeah. Is it daughter specifically? No, I think it's just bring your kid to work, oh, right? I'm thinking of daddy-daughter dances, another thing that's come up on the podcast recently. <laughs> those are weird. But Purity balls, the worst kind of daddy-daughter dance. Um, that's where I used to go to pick up girls. Purity balls. <laughs> Purity balls. And then you'd, you'd get in fist fights with their dads first. <laughs> And be like, I'm your dad now. Take their rings away. <laughs> that, that's what I would say to their dad. I'd say, I'm, I'm your dad, dad now. <laughs> Get away from her. 
Oh boy. I'm your dad. That's my granddaughter. The psychosexual <laughs> madness begins. Uh, uh, speaking of that, there's something I'll wait until we kind of get to it naturally, the plot, but I had like a weird thought about just this movie. If it were not a kid's movie, could have slipped into some weirder, more like a back to the future dynamics. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> um, but all right, where are we? I think this is around the time that you realize that the uh, Orion is telling this is a bedtime story to his daughter, which is reminiscent of the Princess Bride. Right. Oh wait, no. But some other stuff happens between there, though. Okay. They. Um, so yeah, right. We see all of the the secondary characters like abilities. Um, but we're, then we're first introduced to uh, dark, dark nemesis light, <laughs> and it shows him, yeah, bringing in the daylight, and he's very positive and upbeat, and uh, sort of, sort of a golden boy, Superman esque, I guess. Um, but I mean, literally, all he's doing is turning on the light switch, essentially, on one part of the world. Uh, Orion says that he, that light seems better. <laughs> I think that happens a little later, right? I'll be honest. I'm using the Wikipedia plot summary to help me along here. So, oh, okay. I've not really. <laughs> it, I do know that, like, because I, I to uh, full transparency, I, I, I mean, actually, what I'm about to say. Doesn't isn't in my favor. I just finished watching this movie right before we hit record, essentially. But I'm still best time to talk about it. It's like we're fuzzy. leaving the theater together. <laughs> but yeah, you're still digesting. Oh, it's okay. Um, I've also been up since three in the morning, so I'm a little little sleepy. But okay. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, but yeah. So Orion like watches them all do their different jobs, sleep smothering people with pillows. Um, insomnia, whispering sweet things in your ear, like you're gonna lose your job. Uh, you're a failure. Oh yeah, you, yeah. Um, you left the light on in the other room. That was uh, it. You. Sorry. The gas line is turned on, and your house is gonna burn up and explode. Those type of things. This is an awesome detail. The way insomnia functions, and it's like if his whispering doesn't work, he takes out like a cassette tape. Which is of the per- something the person said uh, that they would, you know, regret. Regret, <laughs> like the one. One of the examples I think even later in the movie is like it's he puts the the repeating sound of like it's like a grown woman, but it's her voice when she's a little kid going the cap. What is it? The capital of, of Idaho is D. Or something like that. The right? capital of no, the capital of Delaware is D. Right, which right. is funny because they asked what the capital is, and it's like a play on words because the capital letter of Delaware is D. Yeah, and then the whole. Which I I just realized the joke now. By the way, as I said <laughs> that, <laughs> I thought it was funny because you just like fucked it up. Yeah, because like the city was D. Because you but said then as I said it, I was like, oh yeah. You said the capital letter, the capital of Idaho is D. And I was like, yeah. what? 
It's Delaware. <laughs> uh, the capital of Delaware is D, and the class erupts in laughter. It just repeats, and it like you know makes her wake up and like start like weeping or something. Or that's cool. I have I memories, and then- I have memories from school that still keep me up at night too. <laughs> I don't know if I do. I shouldn't, but I do. The other, the other example of insomnia fucking with someone is when they're in Japan, and they're like. Also, the, all the characters just start speaking Japanese, which is cool. Like, usually that would, I don't know, usually they don't, like, do that in mainstream films or whatever. Sure. But, like, <laughs> whatever whatever Insomnia is saying to him isn't working. And then Orion whispers in his ear, your life is meaningless. And he like jolt wakes up with a jolt and is like, says in Japanese, like to his wife, I need to start therapy again or something. He goes run, running off. Uh, that's a very Kaufman touch, I would say as well. Um, that's kind of like the turning point for Orion. We've skipped some stuff, but yeah, that's where, yeah, I was jumping ahead with that. Yeah. Orion. I like that too. But the big thing, the big thing we're missing before the sort of, uh, multi-layered like plot is revealed is that light you know so uh orion says i think i would prefer light to dark and basically light like flies through it basically just like murders dark right am i remembering this right yeah well <laughs> the, before he murders dark there's a bigger there's a place where like, I think that's skipping a little too far ahead, but before he murders Dark, and after Orion has, like, watched all the night dark dark characters do their jobs, yeah. before he, like, starts thinking of them as good ways, um, they, oh, actually, after he starts thinking of them as good ways, they get to that one dark room and he's still afraid to go in there. And he starts talking about like how he still prefers dark and it and dark hears them talking about it. And he like convinces them all, you know, to quit their jobs. Not on purpose though. He's just like, Yeah, but in light you can see more colors, et cetera, et cetera. And dark hears it and dark right. like, oh, I thought you liked me and you know, kind of breaks Dark's heart, made me feel bad. Right, so, right. Uh, because it is easy to express opinions that um, that hurt someone else's feelings and you don't actually mean them exactly like that, but they just come out the wrong way. Yeah, and you also don't mean them to, to, to equal, <laughs> I want them to die. <laughs> exactly. So, like, yeah, it's, I mean... Again, I'm I'm following this rather detailed plot summary on Wikipedia. But yeah, um, I guess Dark does end up just sitting on that rock and letting light fly through him. And light's like, I told him that would happen. Yeah, I mean, it, it's basically o- Orion pleads with, yeah, pleads with him to move. But yeah, oh, so it's it's basically a murder suicide <laughs> yeah i didn't Man even slaughter. i didn't i think that was the this was the part of the movie where my eyelids were fluttering a little bit because sleepy manslaughter uh, right <laughs> yeah well but if it's like i mean they didn't agree about it in advance but if you just like it's like 
suicide by light. <laughs> I yeah. guess more than murder. It's not murder suicide. Uh, yeah, suicide by light, uh, basically. And then uh, Orion sits there on this mountain, feeling incredibly guilty. And then, yeah, bam, we cut to, I don't know, reality, Orion. reality yeah. in quotation marks. Because I will, I, as I was watching this, I was kind of like, this movie, it is a children's movie, but it's it's got some amb- amb- ambiguity, not to the extreme level of I'm thinking of ending things, but like certain levels of like, is this supposed to be real or just imagination story time i don't know maybe I think it's a little of both it's dad telling a story and i i really thought the whole dad telling the bedtime story to the kid was like a just a callback to the princess bride which is you know a great movie oh yeah yeah i like that movie a lot um been a long time hey, since i've seen it before we uh continue with i guess what the second half of the movie is can we take a small break i need to use the bathroom yeah yeah sure i'll be back in like or three minutes. Probably, I'm probably going to start too. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> okay. Apologies. Ah, uh, no worries. I... I got a package at the same time that I went away. Cool. What'd you get? Uh, some new ear tips for my for my uh, earbuds because um. My old ear tips were broken. Sweet. Nothing special. (laughs) (laughs) But important. It's important to have earbuds so that I can block out the world when I'm, you know, commuting. I agree. It's incredibly important. (laughs) I kind of flip out if I have no headphones even for like a 20 minute commute. <laughs> I, I have thought some about just becoming one of those people that don't bring headphones on commutes and just like stare silently doing <laughs> nothing like a, like a, uh, a psycho killer. Um, I, I kind of did that on my last flight to America. I just like, I didn't, I really just wanted to sleep, so I put in earplugs instead of headphones and just a sleep mask and stared into a sleep mask (laughs) with earplugs in, not listening or doing anything. I didn't sleep as much as I wanted to, though, but I I guess it was like putting myself in a sort of like um, very cheap uh, suspended animation chamber. I uh I I bought a months ago now one of those like eye masks that has like the speakers built into it. I've been wanting to buy one of those. Are they nice? I've th- I mean I, I it sounds terrible, but it sounds amazing. Like just because I like sleep mask. There's pro- I, like I mean I think I got a low noise. I think I got a lower uh tier one. It wasn't very expensive, but I use it all the time but i as you know i mostly just listen to like i listen to like audiobooks or podcasts or white noise like i don't really like when i'm going to bed um yeah i use it for 
bed <laughs> and uh it's great yeah it helps a lot <laughs> I, I, i've been meaning to get one of those i've seen the ads targeted at me you know what i think i I, I think i just bought it i think i just did one of those impulsive like you know instagram clicks on it that could it's possible that's where i've seen it but it, it almost got me too but actually no i take that back because the ones that i kept seeing on instagram or whatever were there was something that was like less cool about them than the, than the than the kind i have but i can't quite remember now but anyway i i'm a proponent uh hey general recommendation <laughs> um okay so in the movie we've now we now realize that this whole world that we thought was just like one linear world <laughs> uh isn't <laughs> I guess. Yep. See, that's why I'm saying it's a little confusing because there's never any like particular moment where we see child Orion like wake up and go, "Oh, it was all just a dream." Like yeah, these exactly. these creatures aren't, you know, actual actually existent in the world. It just cuts from him feeling intense guilt about letting darkness be killed which oh it bef- before the the before the reveal though doesn't isn't there the quick thing where like they show what the world would be like if darkness went away and it's like it climate total climate right, disaster <laughs> it's like right bef- it's either right before or right after they get back into the story i can't remember cuz you know the daughter wants them to like continue the story and they go on a walk it might be like right after. I think you're they right. Get back into the story, but it's hard for me to remember now too. But yeah, that was actually really funny because when you think about how fucked up the Earth would suddenly be if there's literally no darkness anywhere. Yeah. Also, everything would look strange without shadows and shading. Oh, sorry. I could. You kind of broke up there. I couldn't hear what you just said. Oh, I said everything would look strange if there were no shadows or shading. Ah, oh, d- damn. It's real glitchy. God damn it. Sorry, man. Do you want to say it for a third time? <laughs> oh, I was just thinking about how the world would look really weird without any shadows. No oh, yeah. whatsoever. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hmm. Yes, that sounds nightmarish. Um, okay, so yes. Adult... Orion is it's revealed that everything we've been seeing in the movie up in the movie up until now has been him telling a bedtime story to his daughter Hypatia another thing where I was like oh Charlie Kaufman with your references to like obscure Greek philosophers I also noticed in the the scene early on when uh, Orion's in school his teacher's name is Mrs. Spinoza Oh yeah, I noticed yeah. that too. <clears throat> um, but the Hypatia thing, I felt like kinship is the wrong word, but it's just like, or it was more like. Anyway, in my unfinished novel, <laughs> I created like there's a part of it where there's a publishing company that uh, well, uh, to make this anyway, I just I I took the word the name Hypatia and you know 
put it in as like a reference to the thing yeah. I was writing. So I was like, yeah, I've got, I've got Wikipedia too, Charlie Kaufman. Um, <laughs> I love that guy, obviously. But, uh, so Hypatia and it's, he's trying to help her with her own fear of the dark and she's very, this is where things get meta, a, another sort of, uh, you know, classic feature of, of Kaufman it, a lot of the times because she's like, she's kind of like saying aloud, like the motivation of the father, like you're telling me this story to, to like get me over my fear of darkness. Like she's way more like sort of savvy and less neurotic than the child version of Orion, which is kind of a cool, like, I don't know, like, you're not necessarily cursed <laughs> by your <Yeah>. parents' <laughs> bad qualities. But also Orion as a, an adult seems extremely put together and like a very good dad and all of that as well. Um, but uh, anyway, um, she also reveals that she's like writing a poem, right? She's like into poetry yeah. and basically she she hijacks the movie, right? She yeah. she starts telling the story of what we're going to see next, right? Well, no, the dad continues the story, but eventually oh. she uh she comes into it. Okay. Um I think Oh no, she suggests that he go a different direction. And she yeah. and that's why she has this whole thing. It might not be during this scene, so if I'm skipping around, it doesn't really matter, but at some point, she says to, I believe, to her dad, it's like... This, Why don't you put me in the story? Well, there's that, but she's also kind of... She goes on this thing that it feels very much like Charlie Kaufman talking to the... Like, just expo expo uh, expounding on his, like, sort of philosophy of art. Like, he's like, like, why do parents, like like hide like these you know negative things from their children you know they should like like the only thing that can like matter and change us is what's true and like you know like warts and all like like you gotta you know and then of course this folds back into the this you know you this kind of <laughs> I, I don't know Taoism. <laughs> we need yeah. we need light to have darkness. We need this to have that. There's a there's a little el elements of that in the movie, and but um, she's just she's saying something kind of precocious, but not uh, not annoyingly precocious, I guess, to me. But um, so narratively, where does the dad pick up then? I guess continuing telling the story. He picks up with the world with no dark. Right, that's where that part comes in. Okay. Which I think, um, actually, we've like skipped a little ahead because we missed all the stuff where Dark's friends quit and Dark tried to do his job by himself, and that's what eventually made him like give up on like doing his job because it's like no one likes me now, no one cares, and that's why he let light. Run because there's him. like there's no dreams, there's no like the all the annoying sounds are still there. Yeah. Cause his, his posse has, uh, abandoned has be him, betrayed him. <laughs> um, yeah. And abandoned him, but then, okay. Reveal older Orion talking to his daughter, Hypatia. And 
she she basically tells him to like stop sanitizing the story and like give me the real shit dad <laughs> yeah. and he's like all right so a world without darkness is total chaos and destruction <laughs> people are unhappy it's too hot it shows like people in like a traffic jam and like you hear on like the car someone's car radio basically like imminent climate catastrophe <laughs> <laughs> Even then it eventually even gets like showing light where lights like lost his confidence in bringing people happiness because he has nothing to be contrasted to. Well, yeah, because he's just destroying the world. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then uh, Hypatia comes to the realization that Dark isn't like, you know, dead once and for all. He's actually, you know... I don't know. Trapped some in Orion's yeah, dreams or whatever. Yeah, he's like he's 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 a manifestation of his his fears or or whatever. So they the the group decides to do some <laughs> I'm only I'm only saying this now. Some in- inception style like <laughs> dream plan. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's not really that elaborate but they all are like kind of working together to make it happen, right? Like, yeah, because everyone wants way. to bring Dark back. They're like, "Oh shit, we can't have the world without Dark. We need him back." So they're like, "Go to sleep." So sleep puts him to sleep, <laughs> and Jelly. he goes into his dream realm. Do you remember well what happens from here? Like how he gets Dark to come come back out into that reality? I don't really i mean i have this whole thing here i can just well he goes to like sleep and he basically wakes his dream is set in his bedroom and he realizes that dark has been like pulled into his closet which was like the representation of nothingness which is maybe if something that he fears even more than the dark Mm. from like even his beginning monologue and he realizes that he has to save the dark from like the nothingness um but he's like not confident enough to go in there because he still has his own fears. And a lot of it is about getting over his fears and realizing that, um, Oh, they put it better in the movie than I'm going to put it, but realizing that sometimes you, that everyone has fears, but you just have to do the thing anyways. Right. Right. There's like lean into your fear essentially. And he does, that's not now I'm remembering it a little bit. Like he, which I guess is the moral, the moral message of the of the movie is that everyone everyone's anxious, everyone's afraid. I think but it's you a, don't have to let it control your life. I think it's like honestly, I mean, this could be more for like an overall sort of a wrap up opinion, but it's, I think it's a fine message for for kids. But we'll get, we'll get it's, it's a fine message for adults. Well, either. yeah, for sure. But like, I, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll we'll get into that more. I have some I have some reviews. Like, I have like a positive review and a really negative review that are funny to contrast with each oh, other. I didn't but, look at any of the negative reviews, but I bet there are some. There are probably some. Like, can't believe i let my kid watch this movie where there's no mention of like god <laughs> i didn't entities. i didn't even seek it out i just like typed like reviews and it was yeah. like on the google reviews and the first two were a five star and then a one star so um oh, yeah. but anyway uh light and dark <laughs> exactly <laughs> 
Feel the Taoism. Um, I, am I using that right? Is Taoism? Am I? I don't know. Um, everything's perfectly balanced, right? Like Thanos said. Or a like, long time ago, when I was a high school student, I definitely read the uh, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, <laughs> which um, led me into reading uh, uh, the Tao of Pooh and the D of Piglet. <laughs> the um, D of Piglet. <laughs> That sounds nasty. (laughs) That's straight up perverted. (laughs) Which is where most of my knowledge of uh, Zen, Taoism, and um, I guess uh, what D is like the opposite of Tao. uh, Because Pooh is the kind of like Zen master, happy-go-lucky, and Piglet is the the fear. But they kind of like the fear and dark and like uh, insecurities. And they kind of like balance each other like light and darkness who's also like the gluttonous uh hedonist world of flesh <laughs> kind of guy <laughs> yeah he was like really really a junkie for that sweet sweet honey but uh i understand that i digress um so on this plot summary, we're not that far away from the end of the movie. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, we're getting there. It's okay. a kid's movie. There's not going to be as much to say about this movie as thinking Andy things. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, yeah, I'll just also just say it's, uh, it, it's a 90-minute movie, which is rare. I think I think even for kids' movies. Aren't kids' movies like also get, getting longer? Everything is like fucking... Th- Everything's like three hours now, which like, is crazy. Are the Pixar movies like two and a half, two twenty? I think Pixar is actually pretty good about keeping their movies down to like a reasonable ninety to two hour length. Which I mean, I think th- more movies should shoot for that. To be honest, yeah. Like, you know, you let certain people get away with it, like Scorsese and Tarantino or whatever. But <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, really what it ultimately comes down to is, is it a, is it a great, good to great movie? Okay. Like I actually then make it as long as it needs to be. Um, yeah. But if it's a fucking Marvel movie, I'm sorry. Like there's no Marvel movie that I think needs to be three hours long. Come at me, folks. (laughs) Um, any, anyway, uh, so he does he basically saves dark's life within this dream realm and they're on a they're on a beach by the way this whole time as the sun is beating down on them because there's no darkness left in the world and um he's like not waking up either and like uh each of these like uh wacky characters is trying to wake him up in their own way and they're kind of like screaming so him and dark don't, don't die in his dream and, is- right right and then i think my favorite of the little of the five like uh lovable little dark dark uh squad <laughs> is quiet i like yeah. i like when the cute little quiet thing sucks up all the sounds but uh so he does that he's like basically like everybody shut the fuck up and then, like whisper, whispers into the ear of Orion, and just says it's time to wake up, and he you know, wakes up right away. Yep. <laughs> um, 
and then and then yeah, Stark, you know, re reappears, restoring the the order in the world. And even Light thinks him that he's back. He's like, "Hey, you're back!" And I mean, speaking of the speak, speaking of the Joker, whenever we were speaking of that, <laughs> talking about clowns, it's like the 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 Heath Ledger batman Heath Ledger joker batman relationship of uh you need me <laughs> it's true <laughs> except much more pleasant and uh for children but um mm. then what happens things still get a little bit sort of kaufman-esquely wacky well, yeah. things go back to normal except there's one problem hypatia is like taking herself back in time and they get back to Orion's house, and Orion picks up on the fact that, oh, she's my daughter at some point. Right. But then, right. They, but then she doesn't know how to get back, which is a problem for, you know. Yeah, she's she's time travel stranded uh, she's- where she's the same age as her father, which is what I was talking about earlier with the the uh, Back to the Future parallels. And I couldn't help but thinking, like... Yeah. Like this is the this is the the nice innocent version of that. <laughs> but the, exactly. but, but but then the other thought I had was Back to the Future was also just aimed at general audiences too and it has all that horny incest shit going on in it. <laughs> yeah, but it was I think more aimed at teenagers. I mean, it, but I mean kids young adults. I, I mean, I think it was like I mean, probably, I watched it as a kid obviously, yeah. but I don't think it was a blockbuster. It was a. It wasn't specifically aimed at kids the way this movie is. I, I take your meaning there, but like I do love that movie. Like I, don't care. I, I, I love I, Back to the Future. Like you Always know, will. oh me too. It's it's like it's one of the. I mean, I hate to say a number, but it's it's up there. It's like a it's, an all timer. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but you know how my parents like wouldn't let me watch shit when I was a kid. Yeah. They let me watch but, Back to the Future. <laughs> And I was like, I was like, I'm feeling funny feelings with this scene where he's yeah, I didn't, I didn't pick up. On he's what, about to get the, stroked the off by Darlene, his mom. right? <laughs> I think that's right, Charlene, uh, Darlene, Darlene. I, I feel like it's Darlene. I'm not sure. I can't remember. Um, that was awkward. Even when I was a kid, I was like, yeah, that's that's weird. Well, and then there's the like we're certain not certainly not the first podcast who notice the, the weirdness of Back to the Future, but like the there's essentially an an attempt no not a there is an attempted rape scene in that movie where yeah. the son whom the mother is desperately trying to get with <laughs> saves the mother from being raped by yeah. <laughs> by the guy who would end up being their like slave essentially in the future yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a great movie <laughs> But uh, anyway, this is also quite a good movie. Uh, I don't, th- I, I don't think I could say Back to the Future level, but it's uh, it's good. I highly recommend it. Had I seen this movie as a kid, an eleven year old, I would probably have incredibly fond memories of it for my entire life. To be honest, because I was into this type of stuff as a kid. And as an adult, I think I would have liked it a lot too, even if I didn't understand all of it on like a first viewing or something. Yeah. Um, I mean, I first view it back to the future. I didn't understand all of it. I'm sure. Yeah. And it doesn't, Um, and it doesn't matter. And that's, that's a sign of a a kind of a great movie is that 
you can just let it kind of wash over you to some degree. Um, You're going to find relatable things in it. Just about anyone, I think. We should we should wrap up the plot of this though. We don't want to leave people hanging. <laughs> um, oh yeah, that's when we're introduced to the final character, Tico. Yes, uh, who who I thought was going to be the embodiment of time. Turns out that he's not. Wait, you know what? Maybe I'm not clear on who Tico's supposed to be because I actually had a thought while I was watching the movie that no, no, it is it no to- it Tico's. Totally is. Tico is um, Hypatia's child. Yes, yes. So she. So then there's a weird moment where all as the same age children are, is the grandfather of <laughs> Tico, father yeah. of Hypatia, and uh, son of Hypatia all as like 11 year olds in this weird time paradox for, for, for a brief moment. And then, uh, and yeah, Tico's in like some like space aged fucking time machine esque thing. And, uh, also kills off these, like what the time fuck? paradox monsters. Yeah. They were like time monsters. <laughs> time and Right. Is that the word they use? I... Like Dr. Who monsters basically can't remember and i'm surprised i don't see it in this uh i think they were time abnormalities well, we'll just say they're time paradox monsters yeah um and then yeah so tico uh returns hypatia to the proper time stream where where she was from the beginning you know as a child with her father as an adult <laughs> yeah and her father knowingly says long time tico I oh seen you in forever I, see i didn't even pick up on that because <laughs> he saw him when he was 11 yeah. which is the last time weird and at that point the father of hypatia doesn't know that tico is his grandson i guess that comes later when hypatia has tico and names him tico and and then you get to the part where um, Hypatia is listening to Tico tell a story, and the story he's telling is about him going back in time to save her. Right, right. He so then it's it's so yeah. it's Tico's story all along. The grandson was spinning the yarn. The whole thing, <laughs> uh, but maybe the grandson was spinning the yarn because his mom or his grandfather had told him the story, and he wanted to add to it. Yeah, it de- there's definitely this sort of generational oral tradition storytelling you know, theme element going on. It's you know, it's not super central to like the plot, but it's there. It's definitely there. Yeah, it's um, interesting. I wasn't expecting the third story, or the. Th- I guess yeah. I, I wasn't either, but then I was like, well, Charlie Kaufman wrote this, so it also makes so much perfect exactly. sense. <laughs> yeah, um, and then. The last scene of the film is very sweet and innocent, and there's nothing, there's nothing like fucked up, like being John Malkovich, where uh, Craig is trapped in the body of the baby <laughs> of his wife and the woman he was trying to cheat on his wife with, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> or anything like that. Actually, it ends more on an upbeat note, like uh, adapta- adaptation ends on kind of a nice note, doesn't it? 
I guess. I think so. It's at been a while since ha- it, it ends with happy music, at least. Um, but no, it just ends with uh, Child Orion with that girl from the very first scene that he was afraid to talk to, and they're just sitting next to each other in a planetarium, which is where they were supposed to go on their field trip, which he was also yes. terrified of, I believe, the field trip itself. And you find out that Orion ends up working at the planetarium. Really? Yeah, that's why he had taken his daughter to the planetarium. They kind of like hint at that that ended up being his job. Ah, okay, okay. And that's that's Orion and the Dark. Uh, good movie. I, I think it's a great movie. Really like it. If you're it, into into movies, recommend it. Yeah, and like I don't. If you I have a kid. I, I'd watch it with a kid. I've been like shorthand saying before watching it, it like just saying like I gotta watch this Charlie Kaufman kids movie. <laughs> but as much as like some of his his style comes through, like I don't know, I don't think you need to give a shit about or know anything about Charlie Kaufman to enjoy this movie. Uh, yeah, me either. You know, with your kids or whatever whatever kids that you watch movies with. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's very, for me, though, just, like, knowing that it's Kaufman penning the script, like, <clears throat> it's sort of like, I'll, I feel like I'll watch this again when I'm in the mood for a Charlie Kaufman type thing, but don't want to be, <laughs> I don't know. Good with existential dread. Sure. <laughs> like... Synecdoche in New York is probably one of my favorite movies of all time in the history of cinema. But and and you and as you know, I'm the rewatcher. I've actually rewatched that one very little compared to the others because it's so heavy. <laughs> yeah, it's so heavy that it it, it you got to be in a particular mood for that. And I love. I mean, I love it, but it's a heavy fucking movie. This is the. This is the Charlie Kaufman to reach for when Synecdoche, New York is a little too daunting at the moment. So that's my takeaway, at least. Yeah, when you're looking for something to uh, make the uh, darkness seem more all right, when when you're filled with that dread and doubt and fear of nothingness, so it's it's the hopeful Charlie Kaufman brew. It is. And aside from like, aside from like all the the themes and all like the kind of you know, if if you want to like dig deeper or whatever, look at like what what is he really saying here? It's just a like a fun kids movie that is just has a lot of creative, funny stuff that I'm sure if I watch it again, I mean, while I was watching it, I was like, uh, I gotta watch this when I'm less tired later because. I was like noticing there's so much shit going on in the backgrounds and stuff. And I bet there's like a ton of Easter eggs. Um, yeah. I think there's a ton of references. Like there was a, refer- the movie there was a catch them all. Yeah. I mean, I caught some of the more obvious ones, I guess, but, um, so I think that concludes our, what, what the negative reviews say about, Oh, right, right, right. Let's, let's check out some, uh, extra, Outside the film. I bet uh, they're complaining that it's too adult for kids. I watched this with my children. And my children didn't appreciate it. I'll read the I'll read the top the and they're not too long. Um these well actually the negative review I think is longer, but 
the this must be like the top rated review on Google Google reviews or whatever. Um, it just kind of sums up nicely what's good about the movie. Five stars. Orion in the Dark stands out with its unconventional storytelling and distinctive animation, creating a cinematic experience that is both visually intriguing and emotionally resonant. While I personally enjoyed the film, I couldn't help but feel that the narrative might be overcomplicated for its intended younger audience. Fair point, but I think it all, but you know, still five stars, right? So. Like we like we said earlier, it almost it doesn't matter if you pick up on every like narrative trick or whatever. The unique animation style adds a layer of creativity, making the film visually distinct. However, the complexity of the storyline okay, you just said this already. <laughs> Might pose a challenge for younger viewers to fully grasp. I mean, I guess that's all fair warning. This is like a very like uh nice guy no normie <laughs> review yeah on the flip side the movie delivers a profound lesson that resonates with both children and adults uh the core theme of overcoming fears including the fear of the dark and various insecurities is artfully depicted through a bedtime story told across two generations the narrative not only entertains but also imparts valuable lessons making it a worthwhile watch for families looking to explore deeper conversations about emotions and personal growth. I agree. Now to contrast, <laughs> one star by someone named Panic Mose M. All caps, not for kids, <laughs> but not really entertaining for adults either. A fever dream of fear, scattered plot lines, uncomfortable thoughts and situations. But let's make it for kids? Question mark, exclamation mark, question mark, exclamation mark. So the dark is a friend. Embrace your fears. While light is a bully? Huh? <laughs> I love how much this person doesn't understand the most basic shit. Yeah. Sticking your hand in the ocean is totally safe. Cross the I don't street. even think... <laughs> Go I was ahead. just gonna say, I don't even think Light was portrayed as a bully. He was just more portrayed as like a more confident entity. But like, yeah, totally. His actions, he didn't really have problems with Dark. And I don't like when he flew through Dark. I don't think he had a choice because it's just like you know he's Light. He has to fly on that path. It's what it's actually what all the characters. It, maybe not all, but a lot of the, the the wacky characters with powers say several times is, I'm just doing my job. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to do my job. I'm just doing my job. Yeah, exactly. Because um, <clears throat> Dark has like the same issues going on in his head as Orion to some degree, just more self-doubt. It's just full of self-doubt. I don't know what this says about me, but I made gender assumptions based on nothing but i don't know what in my head because there aren't like pictures of these people i assumed the good review was written by a, a male and i assume that this bad review is written by like a shrieking mother <laughs> <laughs> i mean really it's, vice versa. it's it's a i don't know but whatever uh i, I will just not refer to any sort of pronouns uh <laughs> 
that uh, anyway um no this part this word's funny to me so like sh- here she's referring to like a very brief thing that happens on the first f- like flight around the world scene where he's like on the back of dark and he's and dark is like stick your hand in the in the water so you can like experience the ocean at night and it's like because there's all these like bioluminescent like jellyfish and stuff and it's like like beautiful and he's like afraid because he's afraid of everything but her takeaway is sticking your hand in the ocean is totally safe you know sarcastically she's saying this oh sure cross the street without looking for cars let's be a friend with death (laughs) this person also is quite bad at punctuation so it's also why i'm reading it a little bit strangely parents who want you to focus on the good things in life are holding you back from possibilities. Bad experiences don't hurt. Give darkness a chance. Ugh! Exclamation, exclamation. It is an all caps very bad modern take on little monsters. <laughs> what a weird reference to make. I barely remember that movie, but... I liked it as a kid. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, but without the humor the heart, or anything else, really. The music didn't fit. The night entities were all rainbow-bright colors. That's your, a, that's your problem with it? I heard a few people complain about the music. I liked the music. I made a men- at least a mental note of the music is good, and there's also a Flaming Lips song, although one, I know. a Flaming Lips song that is from an era of the, them that I don't like, but it worked well I in like the movie. I like that song, though. I, I, it's also an era I don't the like. Movie that song, actually that made, song's catchy. The movie made me be less <laughs> cynical about that song. And, yeah. and, and I had, because I didn't, like, I never, like, thought about the lyrics before either, and, like, I had the subtitles on, and I was like, this works perfect. <laughs> with this scene does. Um, but just the soundtrack music was great it was fine I mean it was good um, I, no- I noticed it a few times it's like oh that's some good music uh, sorry I'll get through this in a second because she she damn it I did it again she this everything. person continues to write she's mad that the night entities are all like bright colors it's like should they should all be dark black like this person is really i feel sorry for like their lack of imagination this person has i couldn't stop staring at dark's disgusting chin pubes i didn't even notice facial hair on dark at all i, I don't, don't think he had facial I don't, hair i don't think so i think this person is I think like, it's supposed to just be like wispy yeah, this um, person is so angry they're hallucinating <laughs> it has probably or they Oh gosh, now you've got me worried about pronouns. They uh, were worried about, they just went into the movie deciding they were going to dislike it no matter what. Probably. I was going to say at first, like uh, this is like someone who didn't actually watch it, but they're referencing enough details to where it's like, they totally watched this and were getting angry while they were watching it. But uh, to continue, it has all caps, plenty of an adolescent boy's cracked voice and annoying screaming, if that's your thing. (laughs) What a petty thing to bitch about. Your fears can keep you alive, safe, and although... (laughs) That's an objective fact. (laughs) 
you moron. <laughs> if you have, if you don't have fear of the fucking hot stove, you touch the stove. If you don't have fear of falling, you fall off the cliff. But anyway, she's saying this all sarcastically, like, "Oh, what a great lesson! Your fear." I just did it again. She, your fears can keep you alive, safe, and although you can either accept them, overcome them, or fail at your attempts, they are there for a reason. Like this person, this could be said sincerely. But they're yeah. obviously saying it sarcastically. And I'm like, but this film doesn't ever get to that point. Oh, they're saying that halfway through it loses any possible credibility and nosedives into strange, insecure feelings, weird character arcs, murder slash death scenery, quitters, and all caps, fear. Whatever. She brought you- up quitters? Yes. <laughs> I don't even know what that's referring to. It's talking about all oh, Team Dark quitting their jobs. Yeah, and also him like giving up on life in that one Which moment. goes <laughs> into like the whole hate all, I don't know, millennial or Gen Z culture because they're like quitting their jobs, etc. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one wants to work anymore. And the whole point of the movie is that you don't have to let fear control your, or fear control your life. That, yeah, sure, it's okay to have a healthy amount of fear. Everyone should. I'm sure the movie even agrees with that. But also, you shouldn't let it control everything you do. Otherwise, you'll do nothing, right? Yeah, and this idiot is, like, saying they didn't come close to expressing that in this movie. Well, which... I'm sure her favorite character in the movie was the school bully, O'Brien, <laughs> or Brian, or whatever his name was. Uh, yeah. I don't Nin- school bully's name. 90s haircut guy. That's all I can remember. Yeah, Biff. <laughs> Biff, the 90s haircut Biff. Biff Simpson. They go on to say, whatever you do, sorry, they're not, they're not speaking. <laughs> whatever you do, don't hurt Dark's feelings, all caps feelings, or dot, 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 he'll dissolve into the sunrise. <laughs> she did not. They did not understand this movie at all. I mean, not the movie, not not even just the movie, like individual (laughs) basic scenes. (laughs) What did she want out of the movie? Did she want Dark to be like just a cold, heartless entity? It's like, these are the facts of life, kid. You can't be afraid of the dark forever. It's it's, It's like they're saying that because his feelings got hurt he immediately like did suicide by light okay this is the final bit basic netflix regurgitation what (laughs) i would have given zero stars (laughs) dark was an interesting character for a minute but only because this get this it's like the exact opposite of what i thought Dark was an interesting character for a minute, but only because the voice reminded me of Seth Rogen. <laughs> and just barely. <laughs> Eventually, the whole thing... How? Why would Seth Rogen's voice make an interesting character? It's still it's just the character's the same. <laughs> Eventually, the whole thing just became a therapist's fantasy, double exclamation point. The plot skipped back and forth until it dissolved into a blur. They like the word dissolve. Until it dissolved into a blur of questionable purpose. The daughter asked for one ending, then immediately said he should take the opposite direction. All right, th- this Maybe this person is schizophrenic and I shouldn't be making fun of them because th- this is insane. They took yeah, it's a bit. They took a lit road instead of a dark park, probably filled with druggies or muggers. Aw, dang. 
What? She, the lit road is no, filled with druggies and muggers? I don't understand the point of that at all. The whole point, the whole point of that scene, which we didn't actually talk about. I mean, they is, were walking through Times Square, right? That's probably well, one of the safest places in New York. But yeah, but before that, like, you know, they're at, they're about to go through the, the dark, like, park yeah. uh, pathway. And Central Park the, the whole place, too. The whole point of that. <laughs> was that Orion as father, grown-up father, he's like, yeah, I'm still kind of scared of the dark, and it's okay. Like, it's like a great message to be able to, like, talk. If if you had kids, like, I don't know. Um, Aw, dang. And then finally, then out of left field, all caps, let's be time-traveling heroes with an elf. <laughs> she thinks that Tico was an elf. <laughs> or they whatever and fight for the night entities then get stuck in the 90s say what they literally write say what unless i mean some people do think small asian boys are elves (laughs) final sentence unless you want your happy child to end up in a shrink's office all caps skip it (laughs) oh boy anyway yeah, this like as I kind of would expect if we give if we give any I wasn't swayed by that review. <laughs> good, good, good. I was worried I was, you might uh, be. <laughs> I still give I still give the movie a thumbs up. Hoffman is still um hitting a hundred. Yeah, for real. Um, hitting a hundred is that a good like? Are you supposed? To, it's supposed to be a bigger number than hundred. I don't really know how baseball averages work. I think baseball th- is like the most number <laughs> sport I've ever. I think I've it's ever seen. I believe it's batting a thousand. But uh, I. What does that I, mean? I, Why is it a hundred? How do you go? How it's do you go just, above a hundred percent? It's just it's stats. I don't know. <laughs> do stats go above a hundred? I guess they do. Well, it's not a percentage. It's something else that I couldn't, I guess, explain to you off the top of my head. But it's just basically, yeah. Um, but just in the larger, the larger uh, reaction to this movie, and this is what happens with a lot of good movies or movies that I think are good, is that the critics give it a way higher aggregated score. So on. On RT, as I call it, Rotten Tomatoes, ninety percent on the overall tomato meter. Wait, does I that can, does that mean just critics? I think the overall is combined score, so that means most people like it. Well, the audience score is sixty-five. Oh, I um, thought it was combined score, the tomato meter. I know, I know that um, being Mister Judgy Pants Jason Newland that I am, that um. I uh, look at disdain with people that prefer to look at audience score. I guess someone's like, oh, yeah, I just, I only care about the audience score. I never trust the critic score. I'm like, oh, no, we're a very <laughs> different taste. Yeah. Very, very different taste. That doesn't seem like the wisest route. Uh, but I guess it depends. I mean, if you know that your taste in movies is pretty... Uh, I don't know, middle of the road, then maybe you do want to look at the audience score. But That's true. I, but I'm guessing the person you're talking about thinks they have great taste in movies still somehow. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I think that's Enough. a good place to maybe wind down. Um, and let's yeah, see, any any overall takes? I mean, I think we kind of said our I overall. Mean, I liked it. I thought it was a good story about, you know, getting over some anxieties. 
you can never get over all of your anxieties, but, but I liked the message you in the movie. I think it's a lot of fun. I'll probably end up watching it again at some point. I mean, speaking of anxieties, like I actually had a th- a thought of like because you because I, I as I already said, I was sort of building it up in my head as like it's gonna somehow be more overtly death focused. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, is this gonna put me in a bad mood? <laughs> No, no. And then I watched it and I was like, of course not. This is great. <laughs> within like within like two minutes, I was like, oh, this is going to be fun as hell. Yeah, probably right after the uh, DFW reference for the bedtime story. Yeah, yeah. Actually, actually, I think it was even when when I realized that it was literally not figuratively, you know, dark personified. Yeah. Um, And not just this kid like... <laughs> imagine it or whatever dealing with like a black void in his mind <laughs> oh. like i mean that, obviously that would have been a whole different take. i mean that couldn't be a kid's movie obviously i'm not saying my thought was rational but <laughs> i had an irrational thought like that before going into it yeah going into it i wasn't sure what to expect out of a charlie kaufman kid movie which i've never read this book i guess it's based on a kid's book that uh that Kaufman expanded on quite a bit, from what I understand. Yeah, I liked a movie out of it. You know, I oh, oh god, I wish I could remember what it was right now. There's, I'll try to figure it out and tell you later. But there's some movie I found out that Kaufman did like a full script for that, like it, uh, the movie eventually got made, but with like they just completely threw out his script. And uh, like I said, oh, I Avengers I, Endgame, right? <laughs> It, but it's it Hoffman might cut. like almost like might as well like it was something like way more sort of mainline that you would not expect him to adapt and or remake or whatever it was and his version was you know the people that had like seen the script uh, you know have have said like it was like this incredible thing that like you know just got rolled over by the, as you the dang up, producers. I think I know what you're talking about, but I also can't remember what it is. Like, I feel like I've heard about this also. I bet it would be easy to find with a quick search. Yeah, it's okay. We'll let our listeners search for it themselves. <laughs> Let's let them have a little mystery. Okay. They can know They can know what it feels like to be us. <laughs> what do you I mean? Never, I would <laughs> never wish that on somebody. But, you know, if they're listening to us, maybe they do want to know what it feels like to be us. That sweet nothingness. Okay. Yes, the sweet nothingness. I agree. He wrote. He did a treatment of a scanner darkly, which that I would. I could see him writing. Yeah. It un, unproduced. I will also. I will generally recommend uh, the eye masks, the sleep masks that have the the headphones, the little speakers built into the ear area for sleeping. They work quite well. I have trouble sleeping oftentimes. And I'm sure just an eye mask alone would be enough, but I like being able to like listen to stuff. Listen. Yeah, as well. So that's my general recommendation of the episode. My general recommendation is uh, I've been digging this, I guess, weekly blog called Web Curious, webcurious.co.uk. Uh, I really like all the content in it. It's just like one really long form giant blog post by a guy. I guess a guy could be a girl. I don't actually know, but they always post a lot of really interesting stuff. And that's my general recommendation. Cool. I'm looking at it right now. 
It's neat. I think it's been around for a while. Recommend it. And finally, uh, Heat Death of the Universe, heatdeathpod.com. Please check out the Discord. <laughs> how desperate did us, that how desperate did that please sound? <laughs> tell us what you think about Charlie Kaufman. Yes. Um or whatever. Find try to uh, here's here's the challenge of the week. Heat death challenge of the week. Try to find a review of Orion and the and the dark more fucked up more than the negative. one that I read. <laughs> yeah, find the most negative reviews that you can find of Heat Death of of the, uh, of, of the podcast as well uh, of orion in the dark i mean and if you can't find them write the most negative review you can come up with you know that's a thing that a that a, that a kind of famous podcaster does to get five stars on his uh on itunes is he's like <laughs> roast me as hard as you can in the comments but I'll only read the roasts on the show if you give me five stars. <laughs> like yeah, it, do, it's like tons of them. Do that for us too. Yeah, I think yeah, um, I'm going to blatantly steal from John Gabris and say I, um, roast us. <laughs> a YouTuber I like a lot does a similar thing. Oh, this guy named um, Future Canoe, who uh, I, Mr. I guess, Beast. <laughs> I guess I'll also put Future Canoe as a recommendation. He just does. Um, YouTube videos where he recreates um, trending recipes or restaurant food, and he's uh, very, very sarcastic. And then he has people roast him for how shit of a job he did on like recreating this very trendy food that he tries to make at home. Ah, <laughs> uh, I, f- I think I've seen that, or I've seen something similar to that. It's maybe. possible he can- kind of exploded in popularity recently. Can you say the name one more time? It's a future canoe. Okay, that sounds really familiar as well. But maybe it sounds familiar because you just said it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. Um, and I'll I'll finally tack on since um, Tim couldn't be here. Time differences. He he said he was interested, but we had also just done an episode yesterday, yeah. and he's also doing another episode of his other podcast <laughs> today. Oh no, that's fine. Um, but uh, I'll just plug his other podcast, which is at a brand new website called violentpeople.co. And his podcast is called Q&TR. That's Q ampersand T space A-R-E. And with that, I believe we've got we a show. Bid you farewell. Nay, nay. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Actually, sorry. <laughs> wait, wait. Okay, while Jason's uh, saying hello in Korean, I oh, want to throw in an, an anti- Keep up the good work. I want to throw in an anti-recommendation, which I've already done, but I, I, I want to make a habit of this because this is how much I hate this company. Fuck Pioneer Global... Inc. They oh, yeah. stole me and Jason's money, and it I'm, wasn't much money, but it, it was about the most money that me and Josh have ever <laughs> had the possibility of earning. <laughs> at least, at least on our Patreon over the course of like two and a half years or whatever, we we're making cents an hour. Yeah, we earned those pennies per hour. Um, 
Yeah, so they're awful, and they do this to lots of people. I, I believe I said before, and I'll say again, if you want to see just how often, go to their the subreddit, uh, just Payoneer, just slash Payoneer, and it's just every single post is like, how can I get my money? They stole my money. Where's my money? <laughs> they, yeah. they they closed my account. Like, I, I don't know how... Uh, Anyway, I won't. I just got to throw that out there and say, do not, do not use this and spread the word. Which other makes people. you wonder how are people getting paid from Patreon? Because it seems to work fine for other people. <sighs> the thing is, is there is a you can use PayPal, and for whatever reason, when I signed us up, oh. I didn't use PayPal. I guess I don't. I barely even. Rem- anyway, this is uh, <laughs> oh weird. I thought that I would have linked PayPal. But well, maybe, I, I think the reason I didn't was because I had some issue with it years and years and years ago. So I like have this aversion to PayPal. It wasn't like hey. stealing money, but uh, it was like I couldn't access my account because just simply because I was in Korea or some shit. Uh, see, I've used PayPal a lot. My only problem with PayPal is it made Peter Tell very, very, very rich, and I'm a big fan of him. And uh. Wait, Teal? I thought Elon Musk, did both of them own it at some point? Hmm. Teal owned more of it than Musk. Okay. They both did own it, though, right? Uh, Both on the board at some points. Okay. I don't know if either of them officially owned it as much as they were board members or founders. I don't remember the exact history now. Yeah. I always associate it more with Peter Teal than Elon Musk, but yeah, they I guess they were both heavily involved. So, yeah... I guess good dudes. I'd have, <laughs> I'd come on, I'd come on to the podcast if they want a guest. Either one. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> I would. I'd come up with something dumb to say to them. <laughs> yeah, I'm just imagining what I could possibly say to Elon Musk. I'd have to think really hard about it because, you know, <laughs> you've got to, like, really take your one shot. <laughs> uh, all right. With all your sex parties, like, sir, <laughs> I really want to know. Full detail. What's the craziest thing that's happened at one of your orgies? Can I see your penile vibrator implant scar? <laughs> I just remembered that shit. <laughs> forgotten all about that you were the one who used to just remind me of it all the time all right and on that note that is a good note to end on yeah. penile scar later folks hello darkness my old friend i've come to talk with you again because a vision softly creeping Left its seeds while I was sleeping And the vision that was planted in my brain Still remains within the sound of silence In restless dreams I walked alone Now the streets of cobblestone the middle of a street lane I turn my collar to the cold and damp When my 
words were stared by the flash of a neon light that split the night and touched the sound of silence. And in the naked light I saw ten thousand people, maybe more. People talking without speaking. People hearing without listening. People writing songs that voices never share. No one did disturb the sound of silence. Fools said, "I, you do not know." Silence like a cancer grows. Hear my words that I might teach you. Take my arms that I might reach you. But my words, like silent raindrops, fell. They echoed the words of silence, and the people bowed and prayed. Young God they made, and the sign flashed out its warning in the words that it was forming. And the sign said, "The words of the prophets are written on the subway walls, tenement halls, whispering sounds of silence." The first voice recording was made in 1860. It was a 10-second fragment of the French folk song "Au Clair de la Lune" recorded by inventor Edward Leon Scott de Martinville. But who will make the final voice recording, and when? What will it be? Who will hear it? <laughs> 